So that evening they got there at supper and they sat down at dinner and the girlfriend's family was there and the boy asked if he could pray for the meal. And he began to pray and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed for almost five minutes. That boy prayed and when he finished, his girlfriend said, you never told me that you were such a religious person. And he said, well, you never told me that your dad was a pharmacist. Last week we learned it's a good thing to pray Philosophy, say it again. It's a good thing to pray when? Close? No matter what. That's exactly right. Jesus had a great deal to say about prayer. And so we need to be studying up about this wonderful opportunity, this wonderful advantage that we have of prayer. When the disciples of Jesus were with him and they watched him, they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. Did you notice they never said, Lord, teach us how to do miracles? Never happened. They never said, Lord, teach us how to teach like you teach. They never said that. They never said, uh, Lord, teach us how to love people like you love people. They said, teach us how to pray. One thing fascinated those disciples, and that was they wanted to imitate the prayer life of Jesus. In Luke chapter 18, Jesus shares a parable about prayer. Now, a parable is simply a practical story that conveys a spiritual truth. It's a modern day story that conveys an eternal truth about God's kingdom. And in that parable, Jesus encourages his disciples and he encourages us to always pray and never give up. And I'd like to share that parable with you in the NIV this morning. And so listen up in Luke chapter 18, beginning in verse 1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea saying, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time, the judge refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God and I don't care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't, she won't eventually come and wear me out with her coming. And the Lord Jesus said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not the God bring out to him day and night, I'm sorry, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that the Son of Man, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find this kind of faith on the earth? So, in this parable, we first find a widow who is seeking justice from a judge because somebody's trying to take something from her. 
Some, somebody is trying to uh, deliberately take what was rightfully hers to take advantage of her. And I'll just say that this judge was pretty pathetic. Okay? Uh, the Bible even says, Jesus even said, that he didn't have any fear of God. Very prideful man. And furthermore, he didn't care what anybody thought. Very, very prideful. And you need to know that in that day, anybody could be a judge. As long as you had the money. It was a position that could be bought. And a judge could make a pretty good living by accepting bribes. But this widow... She didn't have money for that business. She didn't have money for bribes. And so her only recourse was to come before this judge and continually and repeatedly say, grant me justice against my adversary. Grant me justice against my adversary. And then the judge would just dismiss her claim and she'd come right back begging for justice. He must have thought, oh my goodness, here she comes again. Over and over again, he kept coming to the judge. And in verse 5, the judge even admits that she continuously bothered him. But her constant begging, her constant nagging, eventually paid off. Because eventually, the judge ruled in her favor. Now in this parable, we find three very important prayer principles that we can apply to our lives. The first of which is this. Don't worry Pray. Amen? Kind of simple, but don't worry. Pray. Notice in this parable that our sister, this widow, didn't just sit around wringing her hands, all worried about her circumstance. Instead of worrying, she got up, went over to the only one who could provide her some help, this corrupt judge. Now, in verse 1, Jesus said that we always ought to pray and not give up. Men, women ought to pray and not lose heart. We ought to pray and not faint. We ought to pray and not lose courage. Don't fill your mind with negative thoughts. Be courageous and pray. Worry is a very, very challenging thing that we deal with. And worry will fill your mind with all the bad thoughts of the worst that could possibly happen in a situation. I read that worry is a lot like water. It begins as a trickle of doubt that creeps into your mind. And then, if the worry isn't stopped, it becomes a stream of fear, which creates a pond of paranoia, which overflows into a river of distress, which develops into a raging rapid of tension. And before you know it, the flood of worry has carved a grand canyon of anxiety in your mind. Worry has no benefit. There is no upside to worry. Worry is simply faith in the negative. Worry is simply trust in the unpleasant. It is assurance of disaster. It is belief in defeat. Worry has no value. I read that worry is wasting today's time to clutter up tomorrow's opportunities with yesterday's troubles. Worry has no value, especially in the life of a believer. So when you face a challenging circumstance, you've got one of two choices. You can lose heart and you can let those worries just control your mind. Or you can just say, well, you know what? I'm going to pray about it and I'm going to let God handle it. And that's what the believer should do is pray and let God take care of it. 
Friends, I want to encourage you this morning to make prayer a part of your life. Not just a over-the-supper-table type of uh, part of your life. Not just when you're going to sleep. But to make prayer a part of your daily life. Why? Because your God loves you. And your God cares for you. And He wants to communicate with you all through your day. Not when you're just getting ready to pig out. Amen? He wants to speak with you. So pray. 1 Peter 5, 7, I'll remind you of that. Cast your cares upon Him. Why? Because He cares for you. He cares for you. So the first prayer principle that Jesus teaches us today is, don't worry. Don't worry. Pray. Now there's a second one. And that is, don't quit. Pray persistently. Pray persistently. In this parable, this poor widow kept begging the judge for justice. She didn't ask just once and then say, okay, let me know when you decide. No, she peppered his ears. Peppered his ears with persistent petitions of what was on her heart. Friend, have you ever asked God for something and when it seemed like he didn't answer you immediately, what'd you do? You just quit praying? Anybody else ever done that besides me? I've done that over and over again. I want to tell you something. That is a huge mistake. It's a huge mistake. Even Jesus prayed persistently. The night before his crucifixion, he poured out his, his heart to the Father. And his prayer burden became so intense that drops of blood came to his forehead like sweat. And he prayed. Father, take this suffering from me. Father, take this suffering from me. Father, take this suffering from me. But not my will be done, but your will be done. Three times, Jesus persistently cried out to the Father, and the Father heard him. Did the Father take it away? He sure didn't. But what did he do? He still answered his prayers, and he gave him the strength he gave him the resolve to continue to do what he must do in facing the cross. So he persistently prayed. And I believe that persistence is probably one of the most important factors about prayer. We need to pray and keep on praying. Pray and pray persistently. You may have heard of one of the largest organizations in America. is called the Quitters Club. Anybody else ever heard of that club? The Quitters Club. Maybe there's a reason why you haven't heard of that. Because the Quitters Club um, never meets. Amen? Uh, they never meet because their members quit coming. Amen? Uh, furthermore, there are no dues in the club. Why? Because the members quit paying. Amen? So there's this Quitters Club that's comprised of people who have faced a tough job. There's this Quitters Club that has faced difficult people. There's this quitters club who has faced a tough marriage, a tough sickness, a tough failure. And what do they do? They quit. Exactly right. And so the quitters club is not a club you want to be a part of. Good friends, God has always honored persistence. He honors it in prayer and he honors it in the Christian life. You just got to keep on keeping on. You're going to fall down, you're going to trip up, and you, God's going to pick you up, dust you off, and say, have at it again, son. Persistence is a good thing in the Christian life. Now, one of my favorite Florida Gators 
was a, a running back by the name of Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith still holds the NFL record for the most yards by a running back. His strength was, is he had this incredible, uncanny ability to persist. To persist, he just kept on running. It was amazing. Emmett Smith ran for 18,355 yards, which is approximately 10 miles. That's pretty good. The only thing is, is it took him 13 years to run that 10 miles. Now, you might say, well, what's the big deal about that? Well, Dennis Cometo of Kenya, he holds the world record for the marathon, which is 26.2 miles, and he did it in 2 hours, 27 minutes, and 57 seconds. So what's the big deal about Emmett? Well, the big difference is, is that Dennis Cometo didn't have 11 defensive uh, players looking to take his head off while he was running. Amen? And so Emmett's average run over those 10 miles was 4.3 yards per carry. That means he had been tackled and knocked down 3,983 times. And do you know what he did after he got knocked down? He got right back up and he ran that ball again. There were times when he got injured, but he didn't stay down for long. Eventually he would heal and he always returned. Does it impress you to see a man or a woman who gets knocked down nearly 4,000 times, yet they still get up and run again? Amen. It's very, very impressive. Even the best people in the world get knocked down in this life. If you have not been knocked down, I want to tell you, you will. And you need to learn the power of persistence to get up and run again. Because that's what sets uh, people apart from the quitters club. They get right back up and they run again. Friends, life is full of people who will try to knock you down. And you need to keep getting up. This poor widow, knocked flat as a flitter. Yet she was not going to stay down. She refused to stay down. And she got up and she persistently made her request to this judge. So don't worry. Pray. And whatever you do, don't quit. Pray persistently. But let me give you a third important prayer principle that we learn here. And that is, don't doubt. Pray positively. Don't doubt. Pray positively. In this parable, we as believers are represented by this widow. She didn't worry and she persisted in her requests. But as I thought about that, I said, well, does that make God like that crooked judge? Do I have to try to coerce God to answer my prayers? Do I have to pester God over and over again to get Him to answer my prayers? Of course not. That's not the God we serve. See, parables contain both comparisons and contrasts. They contain both. Jesus used this corrupt judge as the exact opposite of what our loving Heavenly Father looks like. And he said there in verse 7, And will not God bring justice to His chosen ones? Will He not answer their prayers quickly? Friends, you've got to learn to expect God to answer your prayers. 
Because if you don't, if you doubt that you're going to receive an answer, chances are real good you won't. So we have to learn to expect God to answer our prayers. We need to learn to pray positively without doubting. So many Christian believers pray, but in all reality, they really don't expect an answer. When you go into a room and you flip the light switch, what do you expect to happen? You expect the light to come on, right? And if the light doesn't come on, do you curse Thomas Edison, the creator of the light bulb? Do you declare that electricity is a lie because the lights didn't come on when you turn that switch on? No, you don't. So what we need to do is we need to start looking for the problem. We need to start looking for the problem. Has the bulb, the bulb burned out? Did the breaker get thrown? Is the power out? Friend, listen, if your prayers aren't being answered, don't quit praying. Maybe you need to look for the problem. Maybe you're praying the wrong prayer. Maybe there's unconfessed sin in your life that is inhibiting your relationship to God and He's not hearing your prayers. Maybe your timing's not right. But I want you to know this. God always, say always. God always answers prayer. Did you hear that? God always answers prayer. Prayer. But what you need to understand is, is that God answers prayers in a lot of different ways. For instance, God may answer your prayer quickly. In verse 8, Jesus said, or used that word quickly to describe how God answers prayer. But that word quickly is a relative word. If Brother Howe falls over in the floor, I'm going to say, call 911 quickly. Amen? If I run into a couple that's only been dating about four weeks and they tell me that they're getting ready to get married, I'm going to say, wow, man, they're getting married quickly. Amen? So that word quickly is relative. But the word that Jesus used in the original language means suddenly. It means suddenly. Your prayers may seem to go unanswered for months on end. Maybe years on end. And then all of a sudden, boom! Your prayer gets answered. Sometimes God gives answers suddenly. But another kind of prayer answer is when God gives an answer to prayer later. See, God knows when the answer to your prayer will most effectively bless everybody. He knows when the answer to your prayer will be a blessing to everybody involved. And that's what we want, right? Not just me. I want everybody to be blessed. Amen? If it seems that God has not answered your prayer, whatever you do, don't quit. Keep praying. That answer to your prayer that's going to bless everybody involved, it might be right around the corner. And if you stop praying, you might stop praying just short of your answer. So don't stop. Pray persistently. I mean, if it seems that you're not getting an answer, whatever you do, don't quit. 
Here's what you need to know. God's delays are not always God's denials. So we pray persistently until the answer has come. God may also answer your prayers better. Sometimes you don't get what you ask for. Why? Because God's got something better for you. Right? And you can't see it. He's got something better for you. Better in store for you. Billy Graham's wife Ruth once said, If God answered every prayer of mine, I would have married the wrong man seven times. (laughs) Think about it. God had something better for her. And listen, God always answers prayer in a way and in a time that gives him the greatest glory. And if we're true children of God, if we're true children of the King of Kings, that's what we want. With every breath that we take, with every beat of our heart, we want everything that we do, everything that we say to glorify our King of Kings. And that's what we need to be doing. So pray for the glory of God. Pray. Pray and don't stop praying, even though things may seem a little bit worse right now. Things may get better. But also, God may answer your prayer with a big fat no. Amen. Sometimes you ask God for something and his answer is just no. It's no. But that's still an answer, right? It may not be the answer you want. But that's an answer anyway. And we need to settle into the knowledge that God knows what's best for us. He's the one that designed us. He's the one that created us. And if he wants to say no, he can say no. Because he knows what's best for me. C.S. Lewis wrote this. He said, prayer is a request. And the essence of a request is that it is very different from a demand. Because it's different, it may or may not be granted. And since an infinitely wise God listens to the request of finite foolish men, sometimes he's going to grant my request, and sometimes he's going to refuse my request. Why? Because he knows what's best for me. I mean, think about this. If What would have happened if God granted all of the silly prayer requests that I offered up to him? Where would I be now? There's no telling. There's no telling. But I want to ask you something. When you have those prayer burdens, when you have those moments where you just got to have an answer, have you ever just decided that you are going to grab on to God. You're going to grab on to God in prayer and you're going to beg him saying, Father, I am not going to quit praying until you've answered me. I'm going to hold on to you in this way. I wonder what might God be saying to you personally today? What are those burdens on your heart today? What are those things that you've been praying for today? Have you quit just shy of your blessing? Are you consumed with worry? Overwhelmed with anxiety? Listen, friends, don't worry. Pray. Pray to someone who knows what's going to happen. I mean, have you stopped praying about a need in your life? Are you considering quitting 
in some area where God has placed you, listen, don't quit. Just keep on praying persistently. You filled with doubt about your prayers? I want you to start praying positively. Pray positively without doubting. Expect God to answer because God always answers. Amen. He always answers. And every time you walk through a door at the convenience store, there's going to be one of two options you have. You can pull or you can push. Remember what push means? Pray until something happens. Pray until something happens. Jesus told his disciples this parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. So, friend, what's been coming against you lately? What's been your most difficult challenge? Have you been under attack from the enemy of God? Been under attack? Have have you decided, you know what, it's just just time. It's time to go to the King of Kings and place this crushing burden in the hands of somebody that can make a difference. Hmm. We learned this past week that our King of Kings is strong enough to slay the giants of sin and slay the giant of death. He is all powerful. So friend, I just want to tell you, whatever your burden is, God can handle it. So pray. Don't worry about it. Pray. Don't quit. Pray persistently. And don't doubt. Expect an answer. Pray positively. Prayer is a tool that will whoop Satan if we will only use that weapon. But frankly, too many Christians don't use that weapon. And so I want to encourage you to not only make distinct times of prayer, but to be praying all through your days. Because there's not a minute that you're breathing that God doesn't want to be a part of your life. Acknowledge Him that way. Let us pray. Our Father in Heaven, we thank You for this wonderful privilege called prayer. This incredible privilege of 